today on the podcast, we have Dan. Uh, Dan is a business partner of mine, a very, very close friend, uh, and someone whose journey I've been a part of for the last eight years. And he shared some, some incredible stuff with us about his life, his journey, uh, some of the struggles he's had. And cool. uh, yeah, amazing, amazing yeah, conversation. I, I really think that people are going to like uh, the methods that he found to, to kind of cope with with the stress around his life and the support system that he built. Like it's, it's unique and I think it's relatable and enjoy responsibly. Welcome to T talks. I'm one of your hosts, Topher. And I'm one of your other hosts, Jamie. Each week we're sitting down with a fellow human to discuss the importance of men talking. Some of our guests are going to have gritty, difficult stories to listen to, and some are going to have stories that might seem a little less intense. So brew yourself a nice cup of tea and listen along. Love you all. Love you all. Uh, Danny, uh, good to see you, man. It's uh, it's been a minute. Topher and I are doing this podcast, and um, I guess on my side of the things where I relate, you guys ran that company and, and the, the anxieties and things that, that came along with that are not the same anxieties and feelings that, that I struggle with um, and have struggled with. I deal with like, I guess I've been a drug addict since I was like maybe 15 years old. Alcohol, drugs played a large part in my life, numbing the pain that I have come to find. Like drugs weren't the question drugs were the answer and through talking it out i've been able to find a different answer and i'm proud to say that i've got uh, 66 days in clean now and doing and doing really well and um a big big part of that is just the fellowship of like talking to my friends mm. right sharing sharing my story hearing other people's story and there's so much healing that's done and, and being vulnerable to people that you trust and people, you know, new people, people that your that your people trust. So that's, that's kind of my story. And if you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer them. Like I just got out of a, uh, a facility uh, two weeks ago and uh, I'm clean and sober from drugs and alcohol, but I take it one day at a time, bro. And uh <clears throat> And, but more interestingly, we'd love to hear about, about your story and I'll, I'll throw it back to Topher because he, uh, he knows you better. I, I just want to say that it's, it's awesome to, to connect and re reconnect with you, Jamie. And I have a chance to chat with, with Topher more often, our late night, our late night chats <laughs> yeah. deep on, on these conversations. But, but through, through that extension, Jamie, I've had an opportunity to follow your stories and you know, the ups and downs, if you will, the challenges, but, you know, your journey of becoming a parent and, you know, and, and we've, we've had an opportunity to talk about entrepreneurship, you and I, and, and business. And so I've been a big fan of yours for, for a long time. And so What's I'm just, I'm great. I'm grateful to hear the news and I just relate so much to, to being a dad. And, and just so you know, I, I share sort of both of those, both of your guys' perspectives, both, right. Topher, certainly we've been through, a fair share of the the stress from entrepreneurship and the stress of running businesses. Um, but previously to meeting Topher, um, I, I suffered from significant uh, addiction that had right. grown, become super detrimental for myself and my relationships and my well-being and brought me to a point where 
I, I just, I hit rock bottom just quite early in my life, but that was, you know, in part because I was going so hard and, and for me, you know, similarly that, that all started the day uh, my mom died. My mom passed away from cancer. And I remember the moment I, I rolled a fat joint in front of my whole family and I had never smoked you know, pot, never smoke cannabis in front of them all. But on that day, it was kind of my, like my fuck you. Right. I was like, fuck you. Fuck all of this. You know, this is my yeah. thing. I'm going to get high right now. And I've got no shame around that. Um, but that, that sort of continued on for a decade yeah. you know, for, for me, for me personally. And uh, it was essentially the thing that I like threw primarily for me, it was, it was pot and, and alcohol, but I, I drank, you know, I never drank socially. I said I was a social drinker, but I was one of those like college, you know, oh, <laughs> educated yeah. professional partiers that drank to essentially blackout drunk every time that I yeah. that I would drink. And it took me a while to recognize that this was actually addiction and that I was actually, you know, into all of this to suppress this this pain that I didn't want to feel, like in and around like you know, grieving or not grieving, you know, the loss of, of my mother. Absolutely. So, yeah. As a, as a part of that, I would, that was kind of my pre-story to, you know, you know, just before meeting Topher and Topher actually, you know, knew me throughout like the first couple of years of sobriety as I was trying to kind of refine myself, like redefine my relationships. Topher was actually one of the first friends that I made true friends that I made coming out of kind of that big decision to stop drinking, stop smoking, because all of my, my previous relationships, they were all, they were all like drinking buddies. Yeah. And, and no one really, when I went through a huge lifestyle change, no one, no one actually understood what was going on. They all, they all blamed it around my new girlfriend at the time, but it really, it really didn't have anything to do with her. So I'm just, I'm just grateful to you both for, uh, initiating and taking the lead on this conversation and, and creating a platform for, for people to share their stories about what they're going through and what they've been through. Um, and I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm humbled and honored and just quite inspired to be a part of it. And I think that you guys are onto something that's really significant. Uh, and certainly the, the world's not getting, you know, it's not becoming an easier place to live in by, by any means. So I think that the challenges that we're facing, if, if anything, I just think that they're rapidly accelerating. And I, I think that the pressure's on even more. And so I think it's crucial that uh, we have a platform and an opportunity to come together like this and to support one another in our personal growth and development and healing as we navigate all the shit that we're, that yeah. we're yeah. <laughs> absolutely man and and i just want to say from from my perspective um having never heard that story from you um you know i, I really appreciate it i want, want you to know that like I, i'm humbled that you shared that with me and and i appreciate it man like it, sometimes that's a scary feeling it has been for me and i just i really appreciate you dan i really do man you're like you can just tell by that smile look on your face, man. You're like, you're authentic and genuine and like, this is Dan and I love it. Oh <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Through, through and through, you know, all, <laughs> all, all day long. And that, and, and I love, I love sharing stories and I love, I love connecting. And, and this is what, 
you know, this is what we do for fun. Like to for our, our best conversations, you know, they just, they just go on and on. Sometimes they start about, you know, us talking about business or whatever it is, but I think this is just the, the kind of conversation that we're craving. Yeah. Uh, and, and something isn't, that, that really isn't common and, and there really, there really isn't the time and space for it really, you know, in this, in this day and age, you know, where we just, we take a moment and we pump the brakes and, you know, my kids are downstairs screaming. My wife's trying to, you know, keep it all, keep it all together. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, you know, three guys just take a moment like out of their days to connect and, and just to, you know, just to chat. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I, I, there, there's something to say about like loneliness. Once you sort of, once you get become an adult and you don't have the time to spend with all of your friends. And I think if you don't, if you don't spend, if you don't take time out of your day to jump on a phone call and just chat and, and not be worried about, you know, how long you're on the phone for or what you're talking about. If you don't do that. Then like you do, you do start to feel lonely. And I know, I know from my experience, like I've moved around a lot. I've, I've lived in lots of cities. So the friends that I have are not in the city that I live in. So yeah. the social interacts, interactions that I crave, they're not here. They're not, I, mean, I live in Montreal. You guys both know that, but they're not here in Montreal. I have, I have friends here that are you know great friends, but they're also really busy people. And the people who are closest to me all live in different parts of the world or different parts of Canada right now. So the the time that I spend on the phone, and it may seem that may seem like a girly thing to admit or, or do or say, but the time I spend on the phone is like that's a huge part of my social interaction. And I, I derive a lot of purpose and meaning from that. Like I, I feel really connected to people and I share a lot of stuff that makes me feel better by yeah. having those those interactions. Yeah. I wanna I wanna just but sorry before you guys respond to that, I just I wanna step back a second, Dan, because you talked about when you became sober a lot of the friends that you had didn't follow along. Um, and I think that's incredibly common. And I was one of the first, first friends that you made after that transition. That was, um, I don't want to toot my horn because it wasn't because I was especially um, understanding or anything. It was purely the timing. I was, I kind of came into your life right around that transition. I think one of the things that made me understand your situation and have zero judgment and and love you for who you are was you shared with me that story and you shared with me very honestly why you weren't drinking and and why you had decided to be sober so from my perspective i was i had nothing but respect for that that's not to say throughout the years of of, of being a friend and working together i have at times maybe try to convince you to have a drink of alcohol to celebrate, but, but never, never seriously, and never with any real peer pressure. Um, no, it, it never, it never worked. It, it, it never worked. And I, and I never expected to. <laughs> um, so I, by no means am I, I'm not perfect. Uh, I'm close though. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Jamie and uh, I don't know too much. Toby. Yeah, I know. Way too I know. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but my, my point with that is it, w- it was very easy to support you and to be your, be your friend through that because you were honest about why. And, and I, think that, I think that that's a really important piece is that you, since I've known you, you've always worn your heart on your sleeve. You've always been a very, pers- a very honest person um, with your feelings and you're not afraid of interactions. And, and that, that's how I viewed it. But I'd be curious to know like whether or not that's something that you consciously do, if like if you have if you find it challenging to do that, if that's something that you work through, 
Like, how did you, how did you get to a point where you were comfortable enough to just share a story like that? Yeah, it's an amazing, it's an amazing question and observation because when, when we met and I was able to articulate kind of why I was making the choices that I made, like I, I went through a really scary situation. And, and as a, as a part, as a part of that, I, I actually, I actually partly believed that my life was in danger. And so as a part of that, I got such a significant and serious wake up call um, that I knew I needed to make a change. But for quite some time, I wasn't able to articulate it. Quite frankly, I was still, I was still scared shitless. And so I actually wasn't in a position at that time. It wasn't that my friends left me. Like I don't, I don't believe that they left me. I just wasn't in the same places that they were. I use the term followed you. Cause I think that like, I yeah. think that there, there's no, like there's no ill feeling with that. Right. No, but I, and I no, and I, and I wasn't really able to articulate that to them. Um, the journey that I was going through or, or I didn't, I didn't communicate it to them. And I think that that was, that was the big issue. And for me, and I, I can put myself in my shoes back then. And still to this day, I'm often hesitant to communicate things uh, that I don't have fully thought through or I don't have fully flushed out or I have come to kind of like the meaning of the experience personally. I'll hesitate on just opening up, opening up and, and shooting the shit with, with friends, you know, and being like, hey, guys, I'm going through this really tough situation. You know, what do you think? What are your perspectives? I'll, I'll, more, I'll more so, and I, I can share a really, you know, current story like in and around this around how i still have this tendency to kind of hold things in until i feel like i figured it out in in that case i kind of i hold on to things and i kind of harbor them for a long time but when it came to the point of you and i connecting tofer it was a couple years of not communicating with friends kind of feeling i think a lot of guilt and shame in and around this idea that i had abandoned them right and i wasn't in that same place anymore and so i actually had to do a lot of personal growth and healing in and around this whole topic. And I was actually, I was actually introduced to um, a ceremony, a native ceremony called the Sweat Lodge, uh, which is about an hour north of where, where I live. And I was invited to attend a sweat with a group of native elders and a community of First Nations uh, Mi'kmaq people. Uh, and I was invited to go into their ceremony and into their sweat. And addiction and dependency has been a real challenge in their community for, for many years on the reservation. And, and so as a part of that, um, the sweat itself is designed to support people in overcoming that and support, support people in opening up and sharing about their journey and, and really guiding people through a process of healing. And uh, so I attended a beginner sweat and then I went to another and, and another, and I got invited to uh, my first like community sweat, um, which is where, you know, it's all, all members for the most part of the First Nations community. Uh, and then I, I, I continued on for several years and I kept going once, sometimes twice a week. Uh, I made new friends, real brotherhood and, and sisterhood. Uh, and so I was a part of a group, a community that was supporting 
essentially my healing process. And so as a part of that, I learned to communicate more and more and more openly about the process that I was going through. Uh, and I was with others that were doing the same. And so, so as a part of that, I actually made a commitment in that ceremony to a lifetime of no drugs or alcohol. And so for me, it got to a point where it was such a clear commitment. I was all in on this path, not necessarily a commitment to attending these ceremonies for the rest of my life, but I made a clear decision. And as a part of that, I made that in front of people that I, I know and love and trust very much. And that was before my son was born. My first son was born and he's now 10. So it's been a full decade, you know, Jamie now of, of kind of like being in that spot of making this, this choice. And I know that we all struggle with this in, in different ways and it's very, very much personal. But I, I can look back and say now that there isn't a day that my son has been on the earth that, you know, I've not been myself. And, um, and so as a part of that, I think that was the biggest thing, Topher, is that like when we had an opportunity to meet, I was going through this this journey, and I was in a position where I could start to articulate and share more openly about who I, you know, who I'd become and who I was becoming. Mm. And, uh, so th I think that was the thing that I found along along the way that really supported me to 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 be that person that when you see me today, you're like, wow, this guy's so open and candid and Where's this heart on the sleeve? Well, I was really given a few a few gifts, and one one main one was overcoming dependency and addiction, and then the next was really the ability to feel, reconnecting with the, the pain and sadness that I was really suppressing, like in and around my mom's passing. That was the biggest thing for me. Like that was the thing I didn't want to feel. Like my fucking mom died, right? And she was my everything and my foundation. And so as a part of that. I tried to get away from that for about 10 years. But then when, once I allowed myself to start kind of bringing my attention to it and kind of, you know, starting to process it on different levels, um, then I started to like reintegrate, you know, become back, back into the person, more like the person that I, that I am today, overcoming the addiction, ability to feel, and then the ability to connect and communicate openly about where I'm at and kind of what I'm going through. It's such a profound story, man. Like, I mean, profound is not the right word. I have no idea. I'm still figuring out my words. But like, I just wanted you to know that I relate so much to that story. And I'm so glad that you shared it for me personally. Like, I, so you found fellowship in these, would you say fellowship in the sweats? Absolutely. Right. And so I've attempted to get sober so many times and I've always balked at the idea of trying to do it with fellowship. And, yeah. and, and this time, this time I've decided that I will. So I, I attend meetings and I go to, I have my support group and like have developed a fellowship to help me. And uh, to hear that that's kind of what worked for you is really heartening. It, it, it gives me hope, man. So thank you for the hope. Oh, I'm, I'm passionate about it, Jamie. We'll, we'll throw it to Topher in a second just to build on that. Like I, I really feel like what we're, yearning for is a sense of connection yeah right? I, I heard once that the opposite of addiction is connection mm. because i'm like so so much of what we're experiencing in this in this day and age you hear from people all the time even when we choose to go out and drink or get drunk like oh fuck like i just need to disconnect right right like it's been such a hardcore week or so, it's so stressful there's so much pressure at home whatever it is i just need to disconnect 
And I'm, I'm really, I'm in the opposite of that. I'm like, yeah. what is, what is true connection mean? Like that's this fellowship that we're experiencing right now. That's Agreed. A true connection. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And I think so much of, so much of it is a, is a symptom of, you know, we're living in a culture of disconnection yeah. and, and we don't have this sense of this sense of community isn't inherent in our day-to-day lives anymore. And through, you know, the technologies that we're on, we're all in different parts of the country at the moment, but we're able to come together in and around like an attention and conversation and just connect. Yeah, man. Feels good. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's, it's important. So that's like, that's, that's what I found. So fellowship resonates with me, but I'm, I, I yearn to be a part of something. Right. And and I yearn to be a part of something that matters. So I'm, I've always been keen on being a part of a team being a part of the community. And then I'm driven by that sense of mission and purpose. Like, okay, cool. Like this is the, this is the people that I really resonate with. Now that we're here, like, what do we do? Right. <laughs> like, what, what needs to be done? Like, how can we, how can we help in some way? Yeah. And then that's why I'm so grateful for Topher for kind of like spearheading this. Cause I think that is kind of why, what we're trying to accomplish, right. Is to, is to promote the message that like disconnection is the like do a 180 and go the other way and connect you know people have their group of friends right everyone's got a, a couple of friends and if they don't there's there's a lot of ways to get them now technology has helped us in that direction but then to, to take the leap of faith to be vulnerable and to connect like that's that's the message right like that's i think anyway that's that's what's working for me and i think that's where Topher and I's friendship and it sounds like your friendship with Topher has been built upon right like your your ability to be vulnerable with each other yeah for for, sh- for sure and and it's and it's it's something that like with for men i don't i don't know that i'll say that it's uncommon but it's even when i remember meeting Topher and and denis and the, the team that we were starting with 10 10 years ago right like it was quite it was quite uncommon like the the space that i was given in that company to be myself was unbelievable right like i i almost had a veto <laughs> where, I was able, where I was able to say, guys, this doesn't feel right. And, and Topher would stop and be like, Dan, what do you mean it doesn't feel right? <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know. I just don't like the, like, the vibe or this feels sticky or da, 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 da. Like, I was, I was actually allowed to include these, like, like quote, unquote, more feminine, you know, perspectives of instinct and intuition right. into that perspective. And so now there's this interesting thing that's happening now as we're as we're evolving and and moving forward and and i believe why conversations like this are becoming more common is that we're we're bringing these aspects of kind of what would have been sort of known as like the feminine perspective you know the touchy feely you know open conversations just to generalize for a moment Mm -hmm. Um, and and we're we're creating a safe space for men to have those conversations and and for me it's it's never been that way that there's like a certain approach that's reserved for men and there's a certain approach that's reserved for women there's just been these kind of natural like tendencies that we've inherited in and around like how we approach things and guys don't cry and no 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 you know don't talk to your dad like that or that's not your dad's role go talk to your mom but my my experience growing up was was really was really different and I had this mom with this like amazing open heart and this dad with the super creative mind. And I really think I'm a hybrid of those two people, but I, I, I feel like so much of it right now is like, 
kind of lost in that masculine feminine kind of thing where at the end of the day i'm like hey there's there's two parts of us there's two parts of our brain there's a left logical brain there's a right more emotional you know empathetic you know creative brain and we just call them masculine and feminine but i'm really into just this the opportunity for both of those parts of ourselves to be included right there's a part of ourselves that wants to control our circumstances and da, 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 and there's another part that wants to be open to you know, receiving guidance in life and following instinct and intuition. And so any conversation that I'm a part of right now, I love to introduce that topic because I think it's it's so central to us and kind of redefining our definition about what it means to be a man in 2022, 2023, by the time this... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. This episode has been brought to you by Realized. I've been friends and business partners with the founder of Realized and the guest of today's podcast, Dan Gillis, for nearly a decade. I can say we've nearly been through it all. The ups and downs of entrepreneurial and startup life, as well as becoming great friends and raising kids alongside each other. Dan's latest creation is Realized.life. It's an online experience-based platform that supports busy and overwhelmed entrepreneurs like you and me. Make the shift from chaos of our busy lives to the clarity that leads to greater income and impact. Dan and his team at Realized have created simple yet powerful tools that are helping people lead a more meaningful and generative life. The first is the compass, which helps you reorientate towards what matters most while continuing to stay focused on realizing your highest value and working towards generating more money in less time while having a greater impact in the world. If you're feeling stuck in the overwhelm or that you're just scratching the surface of your potential, check out Realize.life and access the Realize Compass, which is free, no charge. Take the next steps towards realizing life that is waiting for you. Yes, true enough, man. Toph, go ahead. I mean, uh, there's there's a lot a lot of things. Um, the 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 first thing I was gonna say a while ago, I think that's like really a, a really interesting observation is like going back to your addiction, Dan. I know I'm, I'm jumping back again. That's- is just what what sort of I think summarizes it is you went from shame and you managed to create pride, right? Mm-hmm. So you 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 were in a very shameful place and then you worked on a number of things. You created this you you were part of this group that really helped you recover or or begin recovering. And then with the support of those people, you were able to turn all of the the negative feelings that you had into a sense of pride about where you were going with your life and with the direction you took. And I think that, and it's just like an incredible transformation and like personal journey. And the, you know, what I received from that was a sense of pride about who you are and where you're going. Uh, I never, I never had to, I never had to, or, or was, was in a, in a place where I experienced your shame around that, I think because of where you were in that journey. And, and you talked to me a lot about the the sweats that you did one thing i didn't know that i think is really interesting is my like my personal um like vision of those sweats was a very quiet um like non-verbal type Mm. of interaction and ceremony and i'm really interested to hear that you you actually shared stories with those people and i assumed i assumed you talk like on the way up and back because it's it's a bit of a drive Mm. um but I, I never pictured it as a support group. Um, I, for some reason, I always assumed it was a very personal thing. And one thing, just to, to tie it tie it into the the thing we guys we talked about um, again afterwards, Jamie, I was, I was thinking about you yesterday and just your your recovery journey. And one of the things I was thinking about is how hard it must be to attempt to go through what you're going through like by yourself. 
and like I know you and you live alone you have you have family that are incredibly supportive now um you know you have two kids like you're you know you're 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 not alone but I can't imagine how difficult it would be without a support group so I think it's amazing and frankly I don't know how you would do it without finding a group like what you are part of now um and it's just it's amazing to have this conversation today a, a day after I was thinking about that and just to hear about the similarities between Dan, what you found and Jamie, what you're finding with your group. And I just, I couldn't imagine going through something without that. And like when I was dealing with anxiety and panic attacks, personally, I attempted to go at it by myself. And it wasn't until I told you, Dan, and I told the knee and I told Ariana, um, it wasn't until I had that group of people around me that it all started to make sense. And I realized I wasn't broken or dysfunctional or, I wasn't a failure within the within the business world. I was going through something that was incredibly common and like fuck everyone we talked to after that is dealing with it in in one way or another, especially in the startup space and in like the the high-paced kind of business world. But it wasn't until I had a support group around me that I could like trust with my emotions, with my feelings and with with the things that I was ashamed of that mm. I like was able to say, you know, fuck that. Like that's not my identity. That's not who I'm who I am. It's just something I'm dealing with and I will figure that out. And to Dan's point, like I'm sure part of the difficulty in coming to Dan, you know what I mean? Is like your persona, right? You're like, you're the leader. You're the, you're Topher. You're not supposed to, as a man, be weak. If you show weakness to your partners, you know what I mean? People have that fear. If you show weakness to your partners, you know, Dan's going to cut you loose and be like, ah, screw you. Topher, you're out. You're done. It was, it was gen- genuinely a fear of mine. Was that right? Um, right. It's it's a fear. yeah. Yeah. Dan was like Dan. Dan and Denis would be like, "Well, you're a little longer the CEO." And then I, if I told an investor, an investor would be like, "Well, we're going to take our money out of the company because you know you're not reliable." And like there was just so many things like that. And then the reality is, when I did tell my investors, and and I've had conversations way down the road with you know some investors who have like significant credentials they relate to me and they're like, no, you, you absolutely need to make sure that your mental health is intact. And that's not saying fix it. It's saying, make sure you like work on yourself and you focus on yourself and you tell people and you, because it's all shit that they've had to deal with too. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember Tover coming to you? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. It was a stressful time, but I would say that we were surprised and, and not right. Because we were, we all knew the, the, the strain <laughs> and the pressure that the business was under. We had raised you know, a significant amount of capital. And as such, we promised a certain amount of growth. We had these expectations on the business and on ourselves to perform and to get to a certain destination. And Topher was, Topher was the lead on that side, on, on, you know, with the heaviest part, right, in and around sort of managing the investment and managing the relationship with all of the investors. Right. I, I remember how much responsibility he held. And I didn't know, like, we didn't know this, like it wasn't apparent that he was under, you know, that significant amount of stress right. and it was having that kind of, that impact on him and his, and his mental health. And Topher, I can't speak for, you know, your, your direct experience, but when we're in that role and in positions of leadership, a big part of it is like, we, we represent the fact that we've got everything under control. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to see. Oh, we use we we use the expression in 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 that industry, uh, "fake it till you make it," right? Which is all about like a stoic facade and like 
it's such bullshit. It's such bullshit. <laughs> and but it 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 does it that it then does bring you out of kind of that true that true state, that true presence where you can really be open and candid and supportive as you move through the experience. But so many, like in that stage, when we were in the startup culture and wearing many hats and trying to bring something significant into existence, like we were, we were pretending, you yeah. know, that we, that we knew what we were doing and <laughs> that we had it all figured out when the reality is, it's like, no, you're learning how to operate the business. You're learning how to serve your clients. You're learning how to develop a solution for the needs that they have. You're learning how to bring it to market and you're learning how to price all that stuff, right? That's the whole purpose of a startup. And, and it, it, it co- correlates really well with like my belief, like the purpose of life, you know, it's like, hey, we're here to learn. We're here to learn how to live and we're here to, you know, figure it out. But this whole, this whole control thing and, and fake it till you make it for me, I've sort of, I've, I've sort of recognized that that's tied to one of our greatest fears and Topher, Topher mentioned it, but one of our, one of our still like kind of ancestral, almost like tribal fears is that we'll be cast out, right? right? That we won't perform we won't do what's sort of required you know of us uh and that as a result we won't be needed anymore our tribe will kick us out our tribe will kick us out and so if we're if we're kicked out of our tribe you know two thousand years ago if we were kicked out of our tribe what did that mean like inevitably that meant you're dead death a woolly mammoth just a woolly mammoth, just like a saber-toothed tiger, just you know, eat your head off. Right. But, but still, like when we're responding to those fears, right? Like these are ancient fears that are still that are still within us, and almost like you know, tied to our DNA uh, and tied to our need to survive and Definitely. to continue to what? So what's this progress thing all about? Well, we're in constant pursuit of progress because. We need to make things better because, you know, ultimately we're just trying to get through this day and on to the next and to take care of our families and our communities. So there's this, there's this really interesting thing in and around control, our, our, like our, you know, hesitation to be vulnerable, to really open ourselves up because we do have this inherent fear that we will be judged, that we will not be good enough. And as a result, that will be, you know, love or support or whatever it is will be will be taken away. And and we don't often we don't often talk about those things or the source of those fears. No, that's and, a really good point. Right. And and so the, where did those where did those come from? And and for right now, there those fears are mostly symbolized in this day and age by our sense of financial security. And so now, now we're not so much like concerned about like survival. You know, we all live in homes. We've got access to food. We're pretty certain that we're going to get through the next day. So we're not, we're not worried seasonally anymore. Like, oh, am I going to perish? But anytime you get a phone call from like a debt collector or you get an unexpected, you know, power bill or tax bill or whatever, <laughs> that trigger, like the actual like fear of death pulses through our veins. <laughs> and we're like, fuck, <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> like it happens, it happens to us all, all the time. All the time. All the time. And then I yeah. go into, 
okay, my own little brain and I've got to figure this shit out. And I, I don't want to say these words out loud because I don't want anyone to think that I, I wasn't all over it or I'm not taking responsibility or whatever it is. And, and generally, like I still, like to this day, I have to watch myself because I let those kind of thoughts kind of stew in my own head and I don't reach out for support soon enough. And just, just last month, like I did, guys, I did it again. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I, we, were, we got this like know this from the bank and we needed to do our annual sort of report for one of our investments and we needed to demonstrate that everything was in place and everything was taken care of and uh, i'm actually waiting on a big receivable like a large amount of money that's going to come in and we're going to move things around and everything's like going to be okay but i still have this like sense of urgency to like show something to the bank and so i stress over about for about 10 days in the process gets sick like i'm actually sick in bed with the flu for like three days like down and out like fevers and sensing over this this scenario this challenge and then like after nearly two weeks i talked to my wife about it and she's like oh have you considered talking to this guy he's one of your business partners like he's got money in the bank he also wants to see this thing resolved maybe you guys could just shuffle some things around i sent him a quick text he responded. He's like, dude, he's like, I'm 100% in. What do we need? It was resolved that fast when yeah. I actually reached out and asked for support. And and I kid you not, guys, like I was losing sleep. Well, and you said, like you said, you were physically ill. Like that, there's, that there's a connection between stress and anxiety and your physical well-being. They're really, yeah, it's directly yeah. correlated. So uh, I'm, I'm, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> well, and just but, like, and just like that, it's still like all yeah. this continual, right? We're never, we're never really beyond these things. I don't think we'll ever really be on these things that trigger these like deep seated fears that are rooted to our sense of survival. Like we're just becoming more and more aware of our own mortality each day. And cool, you can have your like all of your shit together. But then if you find out that you're sick the next day, or like you've got cancer or whatever it is, like, hey, like you're human again yeah. <laughs> and you're right, you're right back into it. So as like as men and as, as, as humans, I think that it's central and crucial that we figure out how to have these important conversations and, and what it looks like for us to actually be a part of a support network. Because quite frankly, I don't know what that is anymore like i know i know it's not church for me i'm not like a part of the rotary i'm not a part of any of these groups where you know that natural kind of you know right. fellowship is a part of the is a part of the culture right so, so what is that for people now in yeah. this age where do you find this this podcast is brought to you by manatee manatee was developed to bring high quality organic ingredients together to produce a tasty warm beverage that has beneficial effects for men's health, both physically and mentally. This includes ingredients that are known to improve prostate health, heart health, brain function, increased memory function, reduced anxiety, and even increased libido. These teas can be enjoyed by everyone, but were designed with men in mind as the options for healthy, caffeinated, or non-caffeinated beverages for men can sometimes seem limited. Just like in life, sometimes men need to be able to step away from the hard stuff and have something a little more relaxing. That's where Man of Tea comes in. Be a man drink tea. And listeners, if you want to try this tea, we're offering a special discount code. Use T-Tox, T-E-A-T-O-X at checkout and you'll receive 20% off your first order. That's T-Tox, T-E-A-T-O-X at checkout and you'll receive 20% discount on all orders your first time. You have to make, because it, 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 
unless you create it, it won't come, I think. So like, it has to be kind of like what we're doing right now, right? Like this is, this is kind of our version of it, right? Like we, we are, we're, we're, all, we're three people who know each other. And all we've done is set aside some time to, with like, with an overarching topic of like vulnerability and connection and just show like it can be done. It can be done, you know, with technology and it can be done with open hearts and open minds. And, and that's, and there's so much healing in it, right? Like just sharing where you're at, where, you, what's your struggle? What's your, you know, what, what can I do for you? You know, what we do, what we can do is so much more than what I can do. Yeah. So, yeah. Even your most recent story, Dan, like that's, it's so interesting how like one simple text can solve it and reaching out. And, but like, there's so much fear of judgment, like prior to sharing it. Um, but then even like on this call today, by sharing it again, you're like uncovering other things about it where you're like, fuck, like because hindsight is really 2020 when you're like, when you're dealing with all this stuff, it's like, how can you, how can I you, nearly, I nearly choked telling me, yeah. <laughs> how, can, how can, how can we like remind ourselves and like, how can we put ourselves in a, in a situation intentionally that like snaps us out of the like shame and like fear spot and i think to your point about like our triggers are changing as to like what does create this like fight or flight Mm -hmm. um response i think if anything we're getting more sensitive because now like sometimes like if if i'm like if i've been drinking and i'm hungover and like even i get a text message from a number that i'm not expecting that can like cause a panic attack or like certainly trigger like severe anxiety and i'm like and then I remind myself and I'm like, what, why, why am I like, why am I anxious about this? Like everything that comes why through, you more like, everything. Why, why aren't you more like Dan and Jamie? And why am I more like those more guys like, who have their shit together? Why are Why do you still get text messages? <laughs> I blocked everyone and everything. <laughs> That's why you never respond to me, Dan. I, I, I know there's only like a few people that can get me now, but <laughs> Yeah, because because of that, right? It's, it's nuts. Well, but we're we're also we're also quite depleted. Yeah, right? we're we're living through a really crazy time. We we just survived like an actual pandemic, and call it whatever you want. But the 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 level of social isolation that we experienced was unlike anything else we've ever we've ever been through yeah so that like and you guys living in new brunswick are pretty used to social isolation so it it was even more extreme (laughs) 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 yeah yes yeah that's right yeah well Um, well done well done we'll cut that one out (laughs) yeah i like i like that one yeah keep Uh, it in but so, so that state of like depletion that we're in, uh, so a lot of people are in like, like severe adrenal fatigue. Mm. So as like, as a part of that, we are more sensitive because we've been living in this stress response, as you mentioned, the fight or flight conditioning for so long. And, you know, we're not, people know, know this kind of, we're raising awareness around this, but like, we're not supposed to stay in that state for long. No. And our recovery from that is supposed to be pretty quick, but we're living in a constant state of stress, right? And so I think I think we are we are quite trigger happy now, where these things come up. And still, like daily, I'm having these kind of like panic, you know, responses where, and and I kind of go looking for it. 
I, I, I come out of a, if I come out of a meeting or whatever it is, and like, it's like quiet for a couple of minutes. I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to look at my phone and see what's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and so we've got this, uh, we've got this monitor and this radar that's like sort of it, its role is to kind of anticipate danger. Right. And especially as men, we're on the lookout for like, Oh, is there any predators out there? Like, is there some, like, are we going to, are we under attack? You know, <laughs> like what, what is this? And so that is a part of that. We go looking for it, but now we've got like a device that keeps us like plugged into all of those different possible scenarios like constantly. Yeah. So, so yeah, do we have the mental capacity to really process like this amount of information and process this amount of stress and yeah you know personally personally i i don't believe i've got that sort of mental capacity so i've i've been on a mission the last couple years to just to be continually simplifying uh my life i'm doing a lot less building up and a lot more refinement i'm doing a lot more like taking out than i am putting in and uh, maybe it's a maybe it's a just hit forty thing, and more more and more aware of you know this midlife reality. But I'm just I'm valuing I'm valuing different things, and, and yeah. as as a part of that, I'm not I'm not as exposed. I don't have the same level of exposure that I used to have to kind of countless you know people who had my phone number and who had access to me by voicemail and text. Da, da, da. I just I I personally don't feel like I can manage it anymore, or or that I even want to. Or that you have to. Yeah. 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 And, and, and it's that I've gotten into that like essentialism theory. I really like that book essentialism and and really get, I I haven't read it. Just getting really clear on your fuck yes and your fuck no. (laughs) And, and so then as a part of that, if you can identify your fuck yes, you can identify like the rest of the stuff that needs to be deleted from your life. And, and the idea is, is if you focus on less, if you simplify and refine, you can do fewer things and actually have a greater impact in life. Mm. And so that's, that's, that's really the quest that I'm on, but so much of it is, is built up, you know, is coming from this like protection of my own mental health, really wanting to be as proactive as I can with my own physical health. Yeah. Some of my, some of my biggest fears are in and around cancer, like, you know, unpredictable, unknown cancer. Like the idea that I've been a pretty physical and active guy, like there's this fear in my head that like, what if I take a heart attack? And and my family has struggled with mental health uh, significantly. So a big a big thing for me why I'm like cautious to over stress my system yeah. now moving forward is I'm like I'm like fucking kind of like in protection mode a little bit. Right. And uh, it's one of the reasons why I'm like really hesitant to like a lot of people are getting into sort of things to change their cognitive behavior, like getting into like ayahuasca and mushrooms and da, 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 like all this, all this stuff. And for me, I'm like, I'm really hesitant to go there. I'm, I'm very much like at this stage of my life, looking out for my own mental health and trying to, trying to create as many healthy boundaries uh, as I can. Yeah. Yeah. As somebody who's like coming fresh out of like addiction, like healthy boundaries is, is, uh, is like one of my top priorities among, you know, a lot of top priorities, but, but like somebody in addiction, like boundaries are non-existent, right? You just don't have them. So learning healthy boundaries and learning that, that someone you've got 10 years in and, and you're a successful businessman and you know, you've got, you're a provider for your family and you're still working on, on healthy boundaries. You know, it's, it just reiterates that it's, it's a lifelong journey to, 
to continually be adjusting and working on those boundaries um, to keep uh, yourself and your family safe. You know, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, man. And, and, and healthy boundaries. I've, I've, I'm still working on it. And I'm, I'm, yeah. I would, I would say my, my boundaries so far have been pretty harsh. Yeah. Because I actually, I actually didn't really know what boundaries were, how to set them. I like, my entire life, I was always so open. Right. I, I like my sense of pride and value came from like being available to others, right? And, and supporting people like energetically yeah. or being there to like blast them with love or enthusiasm or whatever it was. So it was yeah. really there for me to close the door, right? And uh, and so because I I believe one of the reasons you know why I've you know my boundaries came out this quite harsh in the beginning, which is like almost like like fuck off, fuck you, you know, I can't be a part of this thing anymore. Like that, right. kind of, that kind of boundary is because I had not honored my own for so long that I had built up resentment and frustration yeah. and anger in and around that. So I'm like, I'm going to like lay out my boundaries, but like the people on the other side of that yeah. receive it as like a huge fuck you. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great insight. I mean, not, I don't think a lot of people would be able to connect all those dots necessarily. And, uh, and I think that there's a, there's a, I've experienced it anyway for me, but, um, you know, being assertive is a skill. Mm. And, and when you're successfully assertive, a lot of people I find take that as aggressive and mean, but there's nothing wrong with being assertive, especially about your boundaries. Like that's, that's healthy, regardless if they call you an asshole or angry or whatever, you know, like assertively doesn't mean aggressively. It doesn't no. mean ill-intentioned. Assertive is just a healthy way to communicate. I, I, I agree. And I'll add to is that people, what people <clears throat> feel is where you're coming from. So I'm all about being assertive. But if you're angry or resentful or right and assertive. Right what they're going to feel and experience is your anger and resentment. Yeah. So that's, that's the distinction between harsh and healthy boundaries for me is me doing as much work as I can to get clear on where I'm coming from and why. Yes. And, and still being respectful in all the people that I communicate with as I'm communicating my position and my decision, then I'm able to sort of express that clearly and yeah. certainly I don't need, you know, people on the other side to entirely understand where I'm coming from. Right. But if, if I've made a mistake in this process, it was really doing the people on the other side, the injustice of kind of taking my shit out on them <laughs> through the process of establishing a boundary. Right. And that's, uh, that was, that was huge. But I, I, at this stage, I need to do that over and over again. Because yeah. uh, I'm 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 really quite a giving person, and and I'm like enthusiastic and inspiring to be around, and that's the thing that I get you know paid money for in life, and I've got he, he is for, for anyone listening that thinks that <laughs> might sound a little bit a little bit strange. He uh, yeah. yeah we 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 had a, a title for him in the company I won't go into, but he yeah. was he's the person that uh, would lift everyone's spirits, for yeah, lack of a better word, and and he, you know he's Dan's got incredible blue eyes you look he looks so intently <laughs> at you that it feels but like he's staring into your soul but people gravitate towards that oh, and, I, 100%. and i i recognize that and that that is my contribution that's what i 
I have to give, but I also I have a certain capacity for that. And mm-hmm. and my top priority is, you know, my my own kids and, and my own part yeah. of my wife, my wife, and and then from there, you know, as giving as I can be. Uh, but I would I would over I would sort of give into a state of like of depletion. Right. And then you know, Topher says we're more sensitive on our hangover days. Well, I'm, when I'm like in my like state of depletion days, I turn into a like flat out asshole. <laughs> Right. Yeah, which makes sense. I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, of course, because I like run myself into the ground, and then like people ask me something, and I tell them to go fuck themselves, and I'm like, clearly, I should not be there that day. Like, I should be home sleeping and taking care of myself and playing guitar and you know, out in the woods taking pictures. The things that I do, like for me, the hobbies that I do for me, that I know are replenishing. So i I've really, I've really had to do a lot of work on getting a good sense of kind of boundaries, but my thresholds really and kind of, you know, when I've got the capacity to give and contribute and when I don't. And the more now what I'm learning more is the more time I take for myself, the more time I take away, then I'm, I'm actually far more valuable when I show up and spend time with people because I'm, I'm, I'm my, like my tanks are full. Yeah, that's right. I'm full battery. I'm way more creative. I'm way more fun to be around. I'm not mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, just, just a question. Question on that. Sorry, James, to interrupt. But um, when you're when you're trying to refill your tanks, do you find conversations like this are um, energy draining or energy refilling? Uh, for me, uh, and this is this is one of the things that I've learned about myself is that. Uh, Any time that I have an opportunity to respond, essentially where I'm asked, I'm asked questions, and I'm in a space like this where I can just like it's that that builds a lot of energy for me, right? Because like, I'm I'm actually responding. If I had to actually go into organizing this interview, scheduling it, doing the tech check, making sure that everybody was all aligned, and to facilitate the uh, the interview, that would actually diminish my energy. So it it's uh, so now I actually don't do any work in between meetings because that actually diminishes my energy. So the commitment right. that I make to my clients is like, hey, I'm going to show up. I'm going to be there. We can work on whatever you want to work on during our time together. You can ask me questions and I'll respond and I'll fill the whiteboards and we'll get all excited. We'll hug and high five and we're on our way. But then I'm not going to think about it after. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's so I've, I've just had to figure out kind of what my sweet spot is. And it seems to be for me responding. And then, so what I've done is I've taken the pressure off my own shoulders to initiate because previously I used to think that to get shit done, I used, I, I personally had to go out and initiate and right. put that together. So, and I've stopped doing that. I don't initiate anything anymore. <laughs> I just show up. <laughs> <laughs> that's great okay. self-awareness, man. Like that's, yeah. That's, that's, and I'm sure that that's like come from a lot of series of like, yeah, ups and downs. And like, I'm sure you're still fine tuning it, but like, that's oh for sure. And that's, it, that's amazing, man. Whatever, that's, and I'm so happy. I'm happy for you. That's awesome. But I'm, I've been on this like quest to find my sweet spot, right? Like what right. is that, that I do that protects my energy, that generates value, that generates the income that I need to support my family that I feel like I can do all day long that doesn't feel like work. Um, so that's, that's primarily the work I do. That's the, it's the work that I do personally. And that's the work that I, 
I support people in doing professionally. So I help people sort of find their sweet spot and right. get into it. And we're, we're not all the same there, right? We don't, we're not all, you know, responders. That's not a magical yeah. formula by any means, but that's, that's the formula that I figured out for myself. Yeah, no, that's funny. Cause like for me, cause it's still so fresh maybe, and I'm still learning how to feel my, my doctor told me like, I'm going to have to learn a whole new language, like the language of feelings. Oh yeah. Cause I haven't felt anything for 20 years. So I find like conversations where we talk, you know, where we talk about our feelings and are vulnerable. I, just, I, I like, I need to go lay down right afterwards. I'm like, <laughs> I've got nothing left, but it makes me feel so good. You know what I mean? It's, oh, yeah. it's such a good, it's such a good feeling to like connect with people. And I've been so disconnected, so it feels really good, but it exhausts the hell out of me. Jamie, that's That's, I get it, man. I, I'll, I'll close, I'll close on this actually, because I've got another call after this one, guys. Yeah. But, um, but what's, what's, what's funny, Jamie is, is a friend of mine, a super analytical left, left brain kind of guy about, 10 years ago he said to me he's like dan he's like i never have any idea what you're saying <laughs> he said but you always make me feel so good <laughs> and, uh, that's amazing uh, yeah so anytime you want to chat more about the language of feeling i'd be all i'd be all for it man and i'm just I'm super excited about the journey that you're on. And if, uh, if you ever need a supporter or we can ever jump back on and have a conversation like this again, I'd be, uh, I'd be all for it. And, and don't worry, I'll initiate. Thank you so much for taking time with us today, man. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I miss, I miss spending more time with you. Um, but I, I love that we can jump on a call and, and have these conversations. And one of the like most interesting things that I've taken from today, like seeing, cause you know, on my screen, you guys are next to each other is, you know, Jamie's fresh into his journey and, and you are 10 years into yours. And the thing that's consistent is like, it's constant work. It's going to always be constant work. And from my experience, it's constant work. And the thing you need to constantly do is check in with yourself and check in with your friends and, and have conversations like this so that you can remind yourself that, it's worth fighting for all of those things and uh, it's worth putting in the work for. So I just appreciate everything you said today. And uh, I think it was incredibly timely for all of us. So thank you. Thanks, Dan. Oh, guys, thank you. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. And I love what you're doing and uh, happy to chat any, any time. I, awesome, I, like I like tea. I, 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 like, I like to talk. <laughs> so well, awesome. Awesome. we'll send some, send some tea your way. Okay. Don't, don't hesitate. Thank you both. All right. I love you, brother. See you, Dan. Bye, guys. Bye, Jeremy. Bye.